Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Today, we're going to finish our Shape series, Shape series, and um, this has been just a great series. Jess started us off uh, looking at the idea of spiritual gifts. Krista did a great job last week with the idea of heart and abilities, and I get to land the plane today. I get to bring it home, and uh, I've been looking forward to preaching it. It's been a few weeks I've been out of the pulpit. It's like, man, but we're just so blessed. We have uh, just... God's called many of our people into the preaching ministry and they call, call me pastors. And so as a pastor, it's a blessing to see other people use their gifts and what God's called them to do. And didn't they do a great job these past few weeks? And uh, we just haven't, haven't missed a step. So um, I have big shoes to fill this week and I look forward to just preaching his word today. So shape, uh, the first two weeks, we looked at the, the first week was spiritual gifts. You can see it up there on the screen. A set of special abilities that God has given you to share his love and to serve others. And really the idea of the series is God has wired each of us specifically, uniquely for his kingdom purpose. He's, he's called us to bring glory to himself and to serve other people. And he's given us specific gifts, callings, uniqueness in how we do that. Each one here is different. All right, turn to your neighbor and say you're different. <clears throat> You've been waiting to say that all your life, huh? If it's your spouse, you're like, yes, honey, you are way different, you know? <laughs> I've been telling you that, now pastor said I can tell you that, right? So we are all unique and different. As Christians, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, and he gives us spiritual gifts, so a set of abilities, and what that looks like to, to share God's love, hospitality, uh, teaching, preaching, apostleship, healing, faith, mercy, administration, all these gifts. If you don't know what yours is, I encourage you to go on the website, faithnewcumberland.com. You can click on the sermons tab, and you can listen to that first week of uh, uh, that message that uh, Jess preached, and you can download the spiritual gift assessment. You can take that. You can discover you know, what those specific gifts are for your life. Week two was heart and abilities, the idea of passions and ability, specific uh, uh, heart and calling, you know, those things, the special passions God has given you so that you can glorify him on earth, those things that we want to do, we long to do, we, we find great fulfillment when we're a part of that, our abilities, those, those talents. I love how Krista worded it last week. She said, I have the talent of music, but my heart is worship, right? I have the skill or the ability of music. You know, she could have been a music teacher, a music instructor, and that would have been great. But she has a calling in the the heart of worship. She wants to to worship God. She wants to lead others in worship. So it's a great way to distinguish those between the the gifts and the abilities, the heart and abilities. There's an assessment also. You can go on the website, and you can discover more about your heart and abilities on our website. We're trying to update technology. So we have a brand-new website. I encourage you to visit it faithnewcumberland.com and now we're putting our sermons online and we have an iTunes iTunes podcast if you listen to podcasts like I do you can subscribe there and then they're automatically updated on your phone or your your web browser whatever you're using uh, for those and it's a great tool you can share them with friends you can share them on social media if God's just really touched your heart and there's some great resources you can just share that uh, with those on social media is a great tool of evangelism today and I encourage you to use it. You might feel like, well, I'm not a Facebook person. I'm not this person. Well, 
You might not be, but use it for God's glory, right? I'm not, I don't like being all on the, the different things, but it's a great tool to, to minister to others, to, to get the word out. People that might never come to church, they, they might listen to sermons, they might hear your testimony, they might read your testimony. So I encourage you to utilize those tools. We're living in the last days, right? And it says that his gospel will be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. And I think one of the ways that happens is through technology, right? Mobile technology, social media technology, and some of those things that we say, oh, we're just too holy for that. Well, how about we take it and use it for his purpose, right? And we repurpose it. Maybe it was designed for something. Maybe it was designed to make money, but we can design it and we can use it for his kingdom and his, his glory and honor. Amen? Amen. That was extra. That was just in there. So it <clears throat> wasn't even in my notes this morning. <clears throat> Last two areas this week, personality and experiences. <clears throat> I'm the personality, see? Should have had Krista teach us one. That's what we're saying. She's like, man, I should have. I said, no, you know what? It's kind of good because if we stereotype some things, we think personality has to be boisterous, has to be a certain personality, but God's given us all each different personality. So you can see on the screen the special way God wired you to, to navigate life and fulfill your unique kingdom purpose and then experiences those parts of your past both positive and painful. And we're going to look at those today, which God intends to use in great ways. Do you know that God can use your pain and God can use the positive things in your life for his glory? And when we understand that, it just opens a whole new dimension to our lives. So let's just focus in this morning on personality. Before we do, let's just bow and ask God to help us today. Jesus, we thank you today. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for empowering us by your Holy Spirit and gifting us. You've given us gifts and abilities uniquely to serve you and to serve one another. And Lord, I helped, help us today, Jesus, to discover those giftings, to discover the abilities, those personalities, those experiences, and help us to use them for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, and someone said... Amen. Personality. Personality is all about discovering who God made you to be. Maybe today you know what your personality is, but maybe if you don't or you need some clarification, hopefully we can help you with that this morning. Uh, Webster defines it as the complex of characteristics that distinguishes an individual. And your personality influences your entire life, how you make decisions, who you interact with, how you interact how loud or quiet you talk, you know, all kinds of things, decisions, feelings, responses, choices, relationships. Your personality impacts all those. God gave us all the personality, our own unique way of how we handle and how we process the world around us. So it's important to understand our personality. It's also important to understand the personality of others, especially your spouse. Understand their personality. Don't try to make them like you and don't try to make yourself like them. They're different, you're different, right? And that's a good thing. God puts oftentimes us together that we're different. We complement one another. Our differences, you know, we're, we're strong in certain areas and our spouse is, is not strong in that area or vice versa and we can help complement each other. So here's some things that help us grow in the idea of our personality is number one, 
discover your God-given personality. The first thing is to discover what your personality is. All right, there's lots of great tests and assessments on there and online things. My favorite one I've always come across, and it's, it's the, probably the most simple one today um, out there. Gary Smalley and John Trent uh, developed this, and it's, in your, uh, it's an insert in your bulletin. You can take it out right now. <clears throat> And it's the animal personality type chart. Who's run across this? This is my favorite one, I tell you what. I remember doing this at a Valentine's banquet uh, when we were youth pastors. That was years ago in Milesburg. <clears throat> and a great, a great resource here. So four animals. And maybe without even reading the words, you're like, yep, that's me. Now you know which animal you are. There's the lion, okay? There's the otter. There's the golden retriever, and then there's the beaver. Okay, let's go through these for a little bit. And what you can do is just, just rate yourself. Zero to 10. Zero is like, no, that's not me at all. 10 is like, yep, that's me. You got me right there. So lion, strong leader, king of the jungle. If that's you, you say, yeah, I'm a lion. I like to be in charge. I like to lead things. I like to, whatever that looks like to you. If you feel like you are a strong leader, give yourself a score. Zero to 10. Decisive. If that first question you were able to, yeah, answer that quick, then give yourself a 10. If you're like, oh, I'm not sure. If, you, if it took you long to answer that, then maybe you're not as decisive. Okay, you're maybe a little lower score on, on that. Again, there's no right or wrong. It's just we're different. We're all unique. Bottom line oriented. All right? If for you, it's, it's all about that. Well, what's, it, what's this result going to do? How's this going to impact? You know, what's this going to look like? problem solver if you like to solve problems if you like to cause problems i'd say you're more of an otter so uh, if you're but if you're a problem solver <laughs> i see some fingers pointing i'll close my eyes <clears throat> if you're a problem solver you're more of a lion action oriented all right if your focus is on getting things done not on the process, not on, I mean, you love people and you have the process, but your thing is, I want to get things done. I got my to-do list. I got my checklist. I'm action. How's this project going? This going? I want to make sure this happens, that happens. If you're getting stressed out, you think about that, you know, but you might not be a lion. But if that excites you, like, yeah, I got my action. I got things going on. Lion. Okay. Then, oh, my spouse, my fun-loving otters. Who are my fun-loving otters here? Krista. If you're fun-loving and playful, give yourself a score there or a high score. If you're like, no, I like to just, uh, you know, kind of hide or blend in, you know, maybe you're not, a, I'm not an otter, so. <laughs> a party waiting to happen. If you just need an excuse to have a party, you're probably an otter, right? If you're making, you know, every holiday that comes around, you're just throwing, you're just having a party. You're, hey, come on over, we're going to celebrate whatever is random holiday that is coming up. Like at school, the hundredth day of school. We never celebrated that growing up. But those must be an otter that designed that. <clears throat> Entertainer. If you like to entertain, you like to, you know, get this party started. Love to talk. If you're the talker, good at motivating others. You're probably an otter, right? You like to get people. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's go. You know, let's go here. If you're the trip organizer, if you're like, hey, let's, hey, let's take a trip here, man. Let's do this spontaneous sometimes spontaneity is that otter right and here's the thing you'll find you you're probably a blend of all of these all right 
I know. So it's not like I'm, you know, you and you might be dominant in just one area, but it's usually you're a blend. You're like, I have some line, I have some honor, I'm this. But usually there's a dominant animal that stands out with like most of those characteristics. Like say, yeah, that's, that's more me than that. So the next one is golden retriever. All right, all my sensitive and tender people. Okay, sensitive, tender, loving nurturing, loyal, like our Rosie. Our Rosie, we were about to leave today and she just was at our feet the whole time. You know, I'm tying my shoes and she just, she's just laying there, just like wants to be, she wants you to know that I'm right here. I'm not gonna leave you. You know, I could yell, I could say, get out and she'll just come right back. She's a loyal, if that's you, if you're tender, you're sensitive, you're loving, you're nurturing. She, and she's only half golden retriever, but she's the good half, Right? If you're loyal, if you're a great listener, Rosie's a great listener. Great encourager. Golden retriever. All right, and then my inspector's here. Beaver. Okay, put that work hat on. You like to do things by the book. You're hardworking. You read instructions. I love instruction manuals. Okay, I'm an instruction manual reader. Even for the most silly things. Especially kids' toys. Putting the, I need the instruction manuals. Read instruction manuals. If you're good at providing quality control, you're probably a beaver, okay? If you like, you know, like the quality control charts and comparing things and say, well, that's the auto whack and the, this is like, that, you're, that's a high beaver. If you like things to be accurate, you might be a beaver, Okay. So there's lions, there's honor. Okay, let's do this. Where are my lions at? Raise your hands if you feel like I'm a pretty dominant lion. Where are my otters at? Where's the fun happening? Okay, we'll call you up for fun time. Where are my golden retrievers? If I have a bad day, I am calling you. All right, sweet, my sweet golden retriever. A beaver, where are my beavers at? Okay. All right, awesome. Look at that, we're all different. We had like a good mixture here, Okay. So discover your personality. Don't be ashamed of it. Discover this is who God made you to be. Don't be like, well, I wish I was more of a lion, but I'm really only this. No, God made you that way for a reason. Okay, so number two is embrace your God-given personality type, okay? Discover it, discover who you are, and then embrace it, okay? Say, God gave this to me. There must be a reason for it, so I'm gonna use this for his glory, okay? So embrace your God-given personality. I like how uh, Pastor Rick Warren says it. He says, like stained glass, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colors and patterns. Let me say that again. Like stained glass, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colors and patterns. Life would be boring. We had a conversation in the hallway about this. Life would be boring if we were all the same, right? We think, well, my marriage would be much better if we're all like me. No, that would be a boring marriage, right? You'd butt heads because you all wanted to, to, to be the same, right? But God brings uniqueness into families. He brings uniqueness into churches. He brings variety into communities that we could say, oh, so that's what God was doing. Ah, oh, you know, I'm weak in this area, but they're strong in that area, and they can help in those spots. Embrace the person God made you to be, not the person that others might want you to be. Or maybe the person that you think you wish you were, 
You know, we're in the celebrity idol worship culture where, you know, I wish I was this or I wish I could do that. I wish, I, you know, but it's sometimes we chase those things and we neglect who we really are, right? So discover who you are and embrace it. Say, okay, gay God, thank you for making me this way. And then the next thing is number three, use your personality, your God-given personality to glorify God and to serve others. The question is, okay, what am I gonna do with it? Okay, this is my personality. This is how God's wired me. Now, how am I gonna use this for his glory? It reminds me of summertime. Summers are, are, are awesome, but one of my favorite things in the summer, Wednesday nights, if you know me, we go to Brewster's, usually about once a month, after a Wednesday night Bible study, we'll say, hey, just let's meet at Brewster's and have ice cream, okay? So we go there, and once you go, you step in line at Brewster's, and you see the long list of flavors, right? And the cool thing is afterwards, we see what people ordered, and usually we all, all order something different. Some have cones, some have dishes, some have waffle cones, some have hot dogs, you know? They, they didn't feel like I should I want a hot dog, you know? And different flavors, different sprinkles, and even our three kids, they like different things, Okay, but can you imagine if we if we drove up there one Wednesday night? We're all stay, we're excited. We're going to Brewster's. Let's go. Let's meet up. If we get in line, we look at that list, and there's just one item. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You just got, there's got to be a mistake here. You know, where's the fifty flavors in the? And uh, depending on the flavor, we might like. Well, let's uh, either go home or you know, what if it was just like some flavor you didn't like? You know, like I can't imagine of a flavor I wouldn't like, but. Uh, <laughs> It had to be something veggie, veggie to pull or something, <laughs> a carrot, you know, I don't know, avocado squeeze or something. That just sounds yummy, doesn't it? But what if you walked up and just said vanilla? You're like, vanilla? Vanilla? $8 for a vanilla ice cream? I don't think so. <laughs> now, where's my chocolate chunk with swirls of caramel and, you know, yumminess and marshmallow? Like, sign me up for that, right? Well, this might sound silly, but what if life was, we were all the same. We all had the same person. We were all lions, right? We're all devouring each other. Or we're all just having parties. We're like, yeah, this is so much fun. Nothing was happening, right? We're all, we're all, we're all beavers. We're all by the book. You know, we've got to follow the book. Checklists. God's made us all unique. Just like it'd be kind of boring and like, eh, not as flavorful. You know, this world, our church is unique each person brings different gifts, different personalities. And then the question is, how can I use my personality to glorify God and to serve others? How can I use my line? How can I use my golden retriever? How can I use my sensitivity to serve others? How can I use my detailed orientedness to serve others and to bring glory to God? Make sense? So hopefully that was helpful for you. Page one, personality. Flip it over. Number two is experiences. That's where we go a little deeper, okay? Experiences are all about discovering where you have been. Where you have been. <clears throat> I like this quote. This quote is deep. You, we're gonna have to process this one. Soren Kierkegaard, <clears throat> philosopher, says this. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Okay, I'm going to say that a few times. I'm going to say it one more time. You might have to ponder that one. Life can only be understood backwards, 
but it must be lived forwards. You know, basically the things that happen in life don't always make sense now. They often make sense after they've happened, right? And then you're like, ah, that's why. Or, ah, that's how. That's what God was up to. That's, what, that's why I went through that. But life must be lived forward. You, you can't live through life wondering how it's going to happen or what's going to happen. You have to just continue to live your life trusting that God knows, trusting that he has a purpose and that it will come to pass through him. Romans 8 says it this way, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good. It says God works all things for the good. God can take any situation, any experience, any painful past, and he can use it for his good. He's not saying that everything is good. He's saying, I will take it and I will repurpose that. I will use it for my kingdom purpose through your life. When we discover that, we discover there is purpose in our past. We went through our past for a reason and God can use it for his purpose. God is able to use the positive and the painful experiences of our past for his kingdom purpose. A great example of this is Joyce Meyer. You know, we love to listen to Joyce Meyer. She's written some great books and she often will refer back to her childhood and some of the painful memories and experiences, things that you'd never wish in anyone, that things that she experienced but because of those experiences, it shaped her and it's given her a passion and desire to help other women who have suffered that same thing. And so she's able to use the, the, her painful past and God's used that for his purpose. That's a powerful thing. You hear her, you just, you know, especially ladies that have suffered those same things, they, they connect and she can connect with them in a powerful way. God uses our, he's able to use our positive and our painful experiences of our past. So on your sheet here, it has, there's two columns. One is positive. You know, take a moment, write, write down a few things, positive things in your past, personal achievements, spiritual achievements, relational achievements, vocational achievements, education. I mean, maybe you don't have all those areas or you don't want to take all that time, but just write down some positive things you've gone through. Maybe you know, you know, I graduated college or I graduated high school or I got married or I had kids. What are those positive things? I got a promotion. You know, I got a new job. You know, we bought a house. Whatever they feel is positive experiences in your past. You know, I got certified to do this. You know, my job, my boss recognized that I'm more of a manager and I became a manager or I'm a supervisor now or whatever, whatever that might look like. Those positive things from your experience, uh, positive uh, experiences from your past. God can use those positive experiences. He can use those those things that people have recognized in you. He can use those those positive things that God has brought us into in our past. And if you're done with that, go to the next side, or the next column, which says painful experiences. Those same areas, but instead of something that's positive, something that was painful. You know, maybe it's a sickness you dealt with. You know, for me, going through cancer 11 years ago, that was painful at that time. 
But now God's able to use that for his glory. I've been able to help others and share my story and pray for others and tell people, you know, God can, God still heals today. Painful moments of your past. Maybe you went through a, a, a miscarriage. Maybe you went through a, a broken relationship. Maybe you walked away from the Lord, but then you, you came back and you can, God can use that painful experience of rebellion, but also coming back to him to help others. Maybe it was a loss of a job. Maybe instead of a promotion, you got fired. Maybe you, you got laid off talking about like education i remember it's those classes i really did terrible at that motivated me for the rest of my classes to do well at right there were the, those tests that i bombed helped me to pass the tests that i maybe i didn't want to study for but i didn't want to bomb another one right and uh, i can remember in high school certain classes and things in college challenges educational going through that helped motivate me to pursue and, and press on in other areas Think about sports and the pain in sports, a pain of loss. You know, that we just came through March Madness. It's baseball season now, and the World Series was a few months ago. But those teams that lost, you know, we remember the teams that won, right? Yay, great job. But those second-place teams, they think about that the whole offseason. We're not going to do that again. We're going to win this thing next time. And so that pain, they're able to use to get better and to improve and to expand their team and to get other um, teammates and things like that, recruiting. And then the question that we're left with is, how can I use my experiences to glorify God and to serve others? How can I use my positive experiences, you know, helping others with maybe things that I've gone through that were positive, but also how can I help others with my painful experience? I shared about my, you know, my cancer journey and helping others with that. And at the time, it didn't make sense. It was painful. It was hard to go through. But now, looking back, I'm able to, to share with others, encourage others, pray for others. How can God use our pain and our positive experiences for his glory and to serve others? The scripture I was reminded of in this area was 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. And the idea that David, it was his experience as a shepherd that helped him, that equipped him to defeat the giant, right? We remember the story of David being called to be the king of Israel, but he was the one that was left out. So Samuel's going in, he's going to, to anoint the king of Israel, and Jesse puts forth all of his sons except for what? David. David's left to be the shepherd boy, right? And so eventually Samuel's like, well, none of these sons, yeah, they looked the par, they dressed the par, they looked strong and tall, but they're not God's anointed. Do you have any other sons? And he's like, yeah, I guess I got one more little runt out there tending the sheep, you know, doing his duty. And then David, he's anointed the king of Israel. But then a giant comes on the scene, right? The story of David and then Goliath, right? There's this Goliath that's harassing the king, king, the people of Israel, the army of Israel, and everyone's scared to death. They're like, how are we going to defeat this giant? This is not going to happen. This is not going to end well. But David wasn't scared, right? And he uses his experiences as a shepherd boy 
You know, they even ridiculed him. He came to, to see what was going on. He came to bring fruit, um, food to his brothers and drink and all that. And he came to see what's going on here. They're like, oh, there's this giant. He's, he's going to hurt us. And we're really scared. And David's like, well, why didn't someone go, you know, kill him? You know? And they're like, hey, how about you go back and tend the sheep? You know, do your job, do your duty, do your thing, little beaver or little otter or little whatever you are. But what happens? Let's look at 1 Samuel 17. David said to Saul, Saul the king, David says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant, now look at this in the idea of experiences. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep and if it just stopped there he'd be like so what you know i have shepherds i have shepherd boys and who cares he continues when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock i went and i went and hid no he says i went after it i went after it i struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth think of that a bear a lion i mean just that's crazy talk right I went after it, I struck it, I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it, and I killed it. Just those, just picture it. He wasn't just there like at a distance. He, he grabbed it by its hair, he struck it, and he's like wrestling the bear and the lion, right? Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And King Saul says to David, go and the Lord be with you. David had experience. That would be a painful experience, a bear coming after you, having to wrestle a bear or a lion. Talk about painful, but then it would be positive. I, I, I killed a bear, right? Like tell all your friends, I got, I, got a, I got a bear rug in my house and I got a lion head on my wall. And how'd, you, how'd that happen? Did you get that at a yard sale? No, I, I killed it <clears throat> with my bare hands, you know. Positive. <laughs> And painful experiences God can use. David, that shepherd boy that people said, ah, oh, that's just, he's just a shepherd boy. He's just, he's just a little teenager, you know, just go and do your thing. No, he's, he's those experiences that God was forming him. God was shaping him. God was getting him ready for those giant moments in life, right? That he'd be the king. He'd be leading the charge in, not just against a giant, but into armies, right? And he'd need to have that faith and say, you know what? God help me then. He'll help me now and he'll help me in the future. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God help us today to use our personality, to use our experiences for your glory for your honor and to serve others today. As we close today, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. 
discovering who we are starts with discovering a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one that's created us. He's the one that's shaping us for his glory. That it's impossible to truly discover who God's called us to be until we surrender our hearts to the one who has created, the one who has shaped us, the one who is calling us even at this moment. If you need to surrender your life to Jesus today, would you do that? Say, Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart that God, you raised him from the dead. And Jesus, I turn away from my sins and I turn in faith to you. God, would you forgive me? God just begins to speak to us. He begins to change us. He begins to forgive us and heal us from the inside out. Those painful experiences that we went through, God can transform and he can use for his kingdom purpose through our lives. And as we surrender every area, as we surrender even our personality, even those unique ways that God has wired us, as we surrender our experiences, the, the past that he's brought us through, as we surrender every area to him, he's able to mold us like that clay, to shape us, to form us, and to use us, to send us out, to share, to show his love and his truth with others. sense of purpose, but they're going to leave today with a sense of destiny, calling, and purpose all over their life today, Jesus. He who called us is faithful, and he will do it. God, you're the one calling us, and we trust that you will do it in us. You will do it through our lives, and we thank you for it. Jesus, name we pray.